Hello, hopeless romantics. You lovesick dreamers. This is Matrimony Money, an epic love podcast. And my name is Zach. And I'm joined by my beautiful girlfriend, Brittany. Hello, hello. And here, we don't just view love as a verb. Weddings are our game, and becoming love is our goal. But what is love? Baby, don't hurt me no more. Or maybe I'd like a good spanking or two. Mm. I like that. At any rate, we would like to hold up a torch for hopeless romanticism in a world in which hopeless romanticism feels all but dead. So our intention here is to see through the veil of illusion and to rediscover the magic of a world pregnant with true love. Maybe love is something quite more spectacular than our mind can even grasp. Maybe it's only the game a heart could play. Here, We'll take you on our path to redefine love. So let's get weird. Okay, so we are going to come out of the gates swinging on episode three. And uh, this one is entitled Alien Love. And um, really quickly, uh, I would like to do a a little synopsis for our audience. I think as a relationship podcast, this this one might seem a bit unorthodox for what people would expect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys, we do weddings, so we're about to get into aliens. It's like, I know, it's like, oh my God, how is the, how are these two things related? I promise you, I promise you, you're about to find out. This is going to be a pretty in-depth episode that I think everyone's going to like. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but it's going to be something. You should like it or something's wrong with you. That's what he means. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go with that. So real quick, though, I'm going to do um, a little rundown for everyone in podcast land of sort of the don't call it UFO call it UAP phenomenon um, that sort of has a a history starting from Roswell. Director of Air Force Intelligence, General John Sample. I believe it was in the late 40s. um, There's been... We have received and analyzed between one and 2,000 reports. This whole culture of... They've come to us from all kinds of sources. ...activity in the government. Of this great mass of reports, we have been able... And then... ...adequately to explain... ...researchers... ...the great book of of the... However, there have been a certain percentage of this volume of reports... Alien UFO phenomenon... ...that have been made by credible observers... ...and... ...of relatively incredible things. All that was, for a very long time, kind of regarded as laughable by, like, credible mainstream news. And there's been a shift within the last few years, honestly, and it's... In 2007, the most powerful man in the Senate, Majority Leader Harry Reid, 
persuaded two colleagues, Senators Ted Stevens and Daniel Inouye, to secretly allocate millions in Defense Department funds to investigate UFOs. Because of the pandemic and because of a lot of big... The covert program operated from the tail end of the Bush presidency sort of, through the Obama administration um, and into Donald Trump's first year in office. Sort of world events that, that have distracted us. It's weirdly... In December of 2017, the lid blew off. Gone unnoticed by most people. Yeah, it's interesting because Zach's really passionate about At this. At long last, the government was admitting a modern-day program to investigate UFOs and released startling official evidence, including videotapes from the cockpits of military aircraft. This is like a real coming-out-of-the-closet moment. One of the key authors of the Times story was investigative journalist and best-selling author Leslie Kane. It was Kane. totally off my radar. She went to Washington to meet with Luis Elizondo, when I met Zach. who had just resigned from his position as head of the secret Pentagon UFO program. Just and a then, year ago. Yeah. I was invited to this meeting. They wanted me to meet Mr. Elizondo to see what could happen. A year ago. Objects that are moving so fast, and yet we don't see an ionization trail in the air, and you don't hear a sonic boom. About to be one year. How is that possible? Mm -hmm. Another one is... Yep. Elizondo's colleagues took her aside to reveal some extraordinary documentation related to the program. What happened was... I wasn't allowed to take anything with me. In 2017, David Fravor, he was a... Uh, I believe he was a Na Navy pilot. Yeah, he was, in, oh, he was high up in the military. He had a, a wild experience, and he's been a very recent incredibly credible sort of source. This was breaking news for the front page of the New York Times. Him along with a bunch of other pilots that saw these like really wild tic-tac UFOs over the ocean off of California. They look like freaking tic-tacs. My co-author Ralph Blumenthal and I set up a meeting with Mark Mazzetti and said we have this explosive story. It's so cute. Sat down with him in the New York office of the New York Times and we brought in all the documents. These are the videos. They're like little the Tic Tacs that you just want to suck on them. The program. And here's what they've studied and here's what they've learned. And here's a letter from Harry Reid about the program. They're just like little candies everywhere. The important thing here is like, I, let's, before we just lose everyone, this story was covered by the New York Times. Christopher Mellon managed to obtain the tapes from the Pentagon and chose the New York Times to break the story. I received the videos, the now famous videos in the Pentagon parking lot. From it went from being something that was laughed at to something that's being considered by like, like credible intellectuals, which is wild. And so anyway, there was this, this piece written, what the New York Times does, people kind of like can't not look at. Yeah, you got to get with it or get out. Yeah, come on, people. New York Times. On this small ATIP program, and the real story, in my mind at least, should have been, these things are real, they're here, this is happening now. Shortly after that, the government kind of starts admitting that they that there are kind of like unexplained phenomena that ends up sort of culminating in, uh, there's like, there's been a hearing in the government about this phenomenon. And then, um, m most recently, like very credible intellectuals, such as Michio Kaku, who's, um, I believe he's like a physicist, but like a well-regarded 
um, intellectual Michio Kaku, and then also Sam Harris. So, I, mean, I don't know if you've been on the receiving end of you know, recent rumors about uh, our conversation about UFOs very likely changing in the near term, right? But like yeah. there, there was just a Washington Post article and a New Yorker article and you know, I've received some private outreach and perhaps you have, I, I know other people in our, our orbit have pe people who are claiming that the government has known much more about UFOs than they have let on until now. And this conversation is actually is about to become more prominent, you know, yes. and, and it's, it's not going to be whatever, you know, whoever's left standing when the music stops, it's not going to be a comfortable position to be in as a you know, super rigorous scientific skeptic saying there's no there who's been saying there's no there there for the last 75 years right you know, like like uh, to, the, the short version is it, it sounds like the office of naval intelligence and the pentagon are very likely to say to congress at some point in the not too distant future that we have evidence that there is technology flying around here that seems like it can't possibly possibly be of human origin right, right? now i don't know what i'm going to do with that kind of disclosure right maybe it's just it's going to it's going to be nothing no follow-on conversation to really have but that is such a powerfully strange circumstance to be in right i mean it's just what are we going to do with that if in fact that's what happens right uh if in fact the the considered opinion, despite the, the embarrassment it causes them, of the U.S. government, of all of our intelligence, all of the relevant intelligence services, is that this isn't a hoax. It's too, there's too much data to suggest that it's a hoax. We've got too much radar imagery. There's too much, too much satellite data whatever, data, whatever data they actually have. There's too much of it. All we can say now is something's going on and there's no way it's the Chinese or the Russians or anyone else's technology. That should that should arrest our attention, you so, know, collectively to, to a degree that nothing in our lifetime has. And then I think most interesting is all the experiencers that sort of after this happened, I went down a rabbit hole in 2020 along with a spiritual kundalini awakening experience in which we might get it we may get into this at some later date but um i went down this whole rabbit hole after i had a spiritual kind of experience and um kind of got in touch with my higher self and i sort of had these downloads let's say that a lot of this stuff is true and I kind of remembered an experience I had like 10 to 15 years prior um, that I just regarded kind of as a weird lucid dream. But, you know, it was an interaction with a gray, a gray slash shadow being type thing. And um, it was sort of, at least for me, brought to my attention that there was something actually there. And so then I got went down the rabbit hole of all these kind of thinkers about the experiencer phenomenon that um, sort of had a much more abstract way of 
regarding the whole thing. Like, are these aliens? Are these beings that have something to do with us being here that have always been with us? Are they um, interdimensional beings? Are they, you know, and I think the most interesting minds sort of regard the alien phenomena as something potentially more about parallel dimensions that um, kind of coexist here. And uh, particularly Chris Bledsoe um, is a very interesting person who's had a life, a lifelong sort of experience with, with, with UFOs and, and alien phenomena, alien in quotes, by the way, we don't know what this is, but anyway, so that's the, that's the synopsis. There's like a, a really credible thing that's happening that, that has shifted in our culture, um, about this phenomenon. And that's kind of like the setup. And then I think another interesting thing, thing that happened with Brittany and I, so Brittany kind of came to this without any, like she said, any sort of Yeah, yeah, sorry. I, no, I, was, no, no. I was paying attention while you were um, talking. This is weird. I like, as you were talking about the gray, I um, I have to ask you a question really quick. It's yeah, very yeah. random. Sure. Do, have you heard any, and I'll give you a background listener people on me. I'm, I am the outsider that, um, you know, I saw aliens in movies. I still call them aliens. So I wouldn't be, the alien intellectuals probably wouldn't like me very much not PC, but, um, right now I'm picking up on, is, is there anything that's been documented that, you know, of, since this is kind of something you're into about playing with time? Yeah. That I they've mean, messed is, with time? Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Then I am, I'm tapping in. So what I'm getting is, is your particular one that you had the gray. Mm -hmm. It's been a guardian over yeah. your father and you. And interesting. And Zach has this thing with time. They've been playing with the time with you. Mm. And it's gets you, it's, it's a training exercise to um, deprogram and realize life. Um, sorry, my heart's I'm getting goosebumps. It's a very powerful energy. I know this is weird, guys. I'm really like my heart chakra centers, like fluidy feeling and very fuzzy. So I'm, it's like very powerful, whatever this being is. But, um, It's, it's trying to make you comfortable, remove you from this world, to make you feel more at home where you've been. And so I gotta pull out of this energy, it's too high. Um, it's like starting to make me flush. Sorry. <coughs> no, you're okay. So um, Brittany's very sensitive to, so this is a nice little segue, honestly. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention that's, I think, important is that we, Brittany has kind of started also a psychedelic journey <laughs> that um, sort of I've been a part of. I've had a longer history with psychedelics. He popped medicine. my cherry. I, I popped her plant medicine cherry. And so she's been doing um, plant medicine rituals with me, uh, psilocybin primarily. And... Really what happened was, and there are many, many synchronicities involved in this story, but she had, after one of the experiences... It was, it was a, a few days after. Yeah. 
she was still glowing from the psychedelic experience. Yeah, I was super tired that night. And and let me backtrack just a little bit. And uh, when Zach and I first met really quick, and then I'm going to get into my experience I had, coming from a background of not being interested, knowing nothing about ETs, nothing about these higher beings, really outside of mainstream. And I, when I met Zach, I knew it was super important to him. And he, like, when we were dating, he would, like, poke his foot in to see if it was like, okay, to see if I'd be into it. I wouldn't be like, oh my God, aliens, really? Oh my God, the gross, you know, but he would try. And I, I actually was super interested. He'd just catch me at the most awful times I fall asleep, but no, I really was interested. Like, uh, he'd show the me Bashar things. movie. Yeah. I was so tired. He was on a sleep schedule where he stayed up. Um, he worked night shifts, so it'd be like two o'clock in the morning and he's showing me something so important that to him and I would fall asleep. So it wasn't personal. I promise. I just wasn't used to being up that late. But, um, anyways, back to the experience. Remember though. So you're not going to go into it here. We're going to actually play a recording, um, that we recorded okay. very shortly after you had that experience. I, really wanted to document while you had it fresh in your memory, everything that happened. Right. Right. Yeah. But leading up to it, I was meditating. Zach went back into our room and I was sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, you know, fuck, I got to stay in this habit of meditating because I've been a crazy bitch lately and I need to stay into this. And, um, so I'm tired and I sit up on the couch and I just like start feeling like I want to click my left eye, red eye left eye, right eye, and start playing around while I'm meditating because I was bored. And um, (laughs) then... Yeah, and I think we should just play it now. So we're going to play the recording, you guys, and we're going to interject from time to time. We're going to stop it. Um, I'm going to put this phone. We're going to play it from my phone, actually, the account that Brittany had. Um, And... Either of us kind of like, kind of like I, if you, if you want to hit it when you have something to say and I will too, or you can just like look at me and I can hit it, babe, however you want to do this. I want a spray bottle. <laughs> like for cats? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We should have a spray bottle. Unfortunately, we don't have one at hand, um, but let's just start this. Okay, let's do it. Um, so I was a day past doing a trip and so I was still glowing a little bit, but nothing too crazy. And I decided to do a meditation before going to bed because I felt kind of crazy lately, um, with anxiety. So I was meditating and as I was sitting up to meditate on the couch, started noticing it beneath the lower part of my neck, left and right side underneath there, a shocking... Yeah, I was doing breathing techniques in the meditation um, that I saw. You have to, yeah, I'm trying. So I'm stopping it already because I'm just getting really self-conscious about how I (laughs) fucking interrupt her constantly, very annoyingly. (laughs) Sorry. Vindication. (laughs) It's kind of cringy for me, but we're going to go right back in. I just, this could happen. I think I let her go at some point. Don't. Okay, well. It's weird, but it, I guess it's us. So here we go, back in. I'm an interviewer here. Correct. I'm 
Well, good interviewers let the people talk. They don't, they don't interrupt them. I'm not yeah. saying I'm a good interviewer. I'm just All right, just let me do, on. I'm going to lose my train of thought okay. and forget okay. everything because okay. 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 I get frustrated. All right, <sighs> Okay, so I started feeling, I did some breathing exercises that I normally don't do. Um, and then I started feeling a zap at the lower part of my neck and I thought maybe my hair was up high that it was maybe my hair was too heavy. So it, it right where your neck meets your spine right there, that hump. And so it was like left and right side. So I pulled my, I sat all the way back on the couch and then it actually got more intense. I felt this electric shock left and right, left and right, the lower part of my neck. And so I'm meditating and I stayed in the meditation. It got pretty deep, pretty focused. And I was kind of in the zone, not thinking. And all of a sudden I saw like a light, like a hallway wrapping around in a vision. And there was like this tall, skinny, looked like a, maybe a male because it had no hair running. And it was like blue with, a, with light shining down it, like not a consistent color, almost like metal but blues and silvers. And it was running around this hallway in this vision, running away from me. And so I remember seeing it and opening my eyes from the meditation and was kind of like, am I seeing stuff or what? I'm not done yet. I'm not there yet. So, so anyway, so it was running and I decided to close my eyes again. Then I saw it again. And so I started in my consciousness, my awareness, chasing after it. And it was running away around this corner. And finally I stopped and it stopped. And I kind of was telepathically in a way feeling to it like, hey, who are you or what are you or something? And so then all of a sudden I pull back and this thing turns around and runs up right to me in this vision. And I see its face, it's right in my third eye, like right in my face. And I could see it clearly more and more and more clear. It was first like this blue face with black eyes. Um, it was blue, but it was almost metal-like. So it had like a shine to it. So it was all these different colors, but mostly blue. And as it, I focused more and more and more, it started having gills. Um, and I was feeling the shock beneath my neck through all of this. And it was so shocking because it was like so clear. It had like it was just, it was, it was mainly blues. And, um, so, um, this is like kind of scary to talk about and share because, and first of all, Zach's so hard on himself. He's got to stop. That was fucking funny. Look how cute we are. Like, that's how we really are. When we're not yeah. on here, it's like, Brittany, Brittany. No, he's awesome. No, he's, when I'm like in that mode though, like and I'm trying to control things, I just get like my voice is all high pitched and You're you a know. director, babe. Right. And um but no, seeing the seeing the being was it was just thinking back and meditating on that, like it's it freaked me out. And in all this I remember and I don't think I talk about this, I was freaked out. And Zach was not in the room. And yet, and so just imagine like, okay, you're just this normal mainstream, like when it comes to aliens chicken, you're seeing some kind of blue fish thing. And it was different than just what you would see in your mind's eye, right? Like there was like an aspect of it that was felt real and believable. I felt it. Yeah. And, you know, I have these zaps going back and forth 
that were almost painful, like electricity. And on top of it, it was like, I get visions for people, but some of them are way more powerful. Like I've seen a white deer that like every time I shut my eyes, it was there walking towards me. And, but this being had a consciousness that was scary because it was so high. Like I was, I was scared because it was so real. Um, so don't smoke crack. And we're back in, ladies and germs. Started telepathically speaking to me and I, I was like, what are you? And it started talking to me and telling me, I'm trying to remember as many details as I can. It's been two days, but it told me it was a Palladian. And if you know me, I don't fucking know jack shit about aliens. My boyfriend's been trying to tell me about them. And I just, it's not that I don't believe, I just wasn't super interested for some reason. And so this thing's telling me it's a Palladian, Palladian, something like that. And I was just like, oh, okay. And, um, it definitely was, looked like an alien to me, but it was like really pretty and, um, had no hair. It was tall, had like a black, some kind of, this was mostly just his face, but it was like a black or dark Navy blue suit on. And then telepathically started telling me what it was that, um, then it started telling me that I'd been thinking, it started speaking to me telepathically about how I'd been thinking a lot by, about purpose and why am I here? I'm, I'm like just remembering stuff. So um, it started talking about like why we're here, that that humans focus so much on the actually like why the specific thing of why you're here. And it was talking directly to me. It's not about why you're here. Your purpose here is to experience life, to have joy. And that is the purpose of why you're here. And your purpose is not here to save the world and raise the vibration of earth or any kind of crazy hero shit like that. That's not what it was about. It was about just enjoying life. And that's what I need to do. And then like, I'm just like sucked in. And then all of a sudden Zach walks in and sits on the. Like. Yeah, in this, around this time period, when you were walking in, it was telling me, um, I, it was telling me that I was one of them. And I was just like, well, aren't we like all one? Like I always ask that, I actually channeled David Bowie and he says shit like that, like we're all one. I'm like, well, or something about, I don't know. I always joke when I channel with these things that we're all one and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what they mean by that. Go ahead. <laughs> She's hitting the I don't, button. I don't remember what I said on this. <laughs> That's why this is so fun. I'm sitting here holding my breath <laughs> and my, my legs bouncing up and down. And I'm like, okay, Brittany, be good in the past. Be good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, we've, I don't know, have we brought up? I don't think so. This uh, is a good, bl- yeah, let's, t- let's talk about that a tiny bit. My, my girlfriend channels David Bowie. It's true, but I can't even take myself seriously. Like, it's true. And that's a even weird. That's like just as random as this. Yeah. She's so a lot of the stuff I had an experience with. Okay. So, so I have a long history with David Bowie. Um, 
he's been a muse for me, an influence in my songwriting and work. And just sort of his whole persona has been, his whole chameleon-like performance thing has been, has been important to me. And when he died, there was a whole crazy thing that happened <clears throat> where he released an album right before he died. Um, and he was dying of cancer and he knew it. And so this album was like all about approaching death. And it was, I'm listening to it because I'm like a, you know, a fucking nerd fanboy about David Bowie. And I'm like listening to this album, like just fucking engrossed when it comes out. And then he dies a few days later. And it's this really emotional album that was incredibly deep and dealing with, grappling with death, his own death, his, his own impending death that he knew was coming. And you could feel all that. But then when he died, it just sort of fucked me up so much at a time in my life where I was emotionally going through a lot of stuff. And I had never really had an experience channeling or experiencing other energies. And I had the distinct impression that I was being visited in that week when he died. I'm like listening to his album, grieving his death, crying a lot. Like it was someone I knew close to me who died. And I am writing songs and I had this energy come to me is what it felt like. And I distinctly felt like this is David Bowie. And I wrote a song called um, The Vulcan Casanova, which I'm still really proud of and love. And mm -hmm. I don't think I've shown you that. Well, maybe I have shown you. I think you have. And so I just had this impression that I had been visited by the ghost of David Bowie. And it was this really strange thing. Um, and like I connect it to my Kundalini experience that I had in 2020, it was a similar kind of energy of something else sort of coming to me. And I tell Brittany about this in the first several months of our dating, she being very sensitive to other energies. And I started showing her some of these songs on his album, videos of him grappling with his death. And, you know, I'm in Michigan at this point. She's in Atlanta. We're doing a long distance relationship thing. And I'm sending her video links of David Bowie. She watches these and she just starts saying she's channeling or she, I don't know if we called it channeling, but. Yeah. I like, I hear these words that, that make me laugh, like channeling, like I'm channeling guys. Like, so I always just, I'm such a practical person. So these kind of things always shock me when they happen. I'm so, I try to put everything into logic and it's, unexplainable in a way um, at the point we're at um, so he does all this my granddad just died um, who is also British so it was a very interesting time and all of a sudden a very powerful energy energy came forth and it, it was clearly David Bowie I knew it I knew nothing about David Bowie, really, beyond the surface. And she really didn't, you guys, yeah. No. No, it was like straight up, like I knew everything about David Bowie, and so she starts channeling David Bowie. And it was scary because there's always a fear when you get in this stuff of being wrong, and I'm just being honest, like it's the ego coming in. And at this point though, I was so possessed with the energy. It was so powerful that I was shaking. My cheeks were flush. Um, 
And he just started speaking through me and I was getting all these like downloads or he was channeling through me, whatever it was. And it was so clear. And I was just kind of weirdly knowing the history of David Bowie and my experience with David Bowie in a position to like confirm that this shit sounded like David Bowie, um, which was so wild for me. Like I felt it as David Bowie, you know, I obsessively, obsessively watched his interviews and she's, and I knew that she knew nothing of David Bowie and she's saying shit that just felt so much like this cheeky ass David Bowie. Uh, it was wild for me. Yeah, he's and and what's interesting about my relationship with David Bowie with with uh, Zach's relationship, it's he's been a pivotal mediator when we choose to tap into him as a guide. And um, right now he's even like I can tell he's one of these energies for some reason I don't know if we share similar energy or him and Zach do, or whatever it is I can just think about him and feel him. It's very weird because some beings I don't have that, and with him I do. And it's like right now he's going tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, strikes <laughs> a clock, and then he um, five strokes, and then says something about a donkey, and like I'm just like, what's going I'm on here? So much. <laughs> This is so good for me. Yeah. I feel before we go too far afield, I think we should get back into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aliens. But we just, aliens, back to the alien um, um, account. Sorry. I'm a Pleiadian. I was just like, oh, okay. And and it said no. And, and more in your traditional sense, what you understand as directly, like you are one of us in a traditional sense. So I, um, and at that time, um, I'm just, I'm going to be all over the place because I don't remember the timeline of everything, how it was saying, so I don't want to miss any details, but it did. So I was just like, holy fuck. So Zach's sitting down next to me at this point, I believe, and I was in shock because, like, it was such a deep trance of channeling. Um, But it, but, and I was telling him what I was feeling. I felt this shock, but, and, and he wasn't surprised by it. He was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the experience I had. Um, It's the plate. Um, P-L-A-I-T. So, and, and he's like, I had that when I had my experience with the gray, potentially, and I, I couldn't believe it. When you had the Kundalini. Just a real quick aside about the plate. Um, this is um, a concept from, I believe, reality transurfing, which we may get into at some point but it's just a, an energy that comes in the back of your neck and your spine, the way Brittany described her experience. Um, and that's what I had in my Kundalini experience. And it's just, it was interesting. I didn't know about the plate when I had my experience. And then I stumble upon reality transurfing shortly thereafter. And it confirms that, oh, there's this thing that kind of comes in the back of your spine. And that's what the plate is we're back in. Oh, my bad. That was a lucid dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Zach had a similar experience. So I knew at that point I wasn't making this shit up. So I questioned that probably every 60 seconds. Am I making this shit up? Because that's like you're experiencing something. And, you know, we imagine a lot of shit. So it's hard to know what's real. And so at this point, I knew I wasn't making this shit up. And then like 
I started, then it just started telling me shit. And it was usually, and then Zach was asking questions and the downloads were just coming in. There wasn't any, it was a live stream of information. There wasn't any, just cause he, there was pressure and I was scared and I was nervous cause I didn't know if it was right or wrong. It didn't matter. It was coming in very clear. And, um, eventually we got to the point, it was just telling me about purpose. It was telling me about, um, later on it ended up telling me about who I am, like, uh, telling me, it called me the mother. Um, huh? I was very high up. I was one of the original mothers. Um, I don't know, procreating their people is he said their people. He didn't say humans. He said their people. I was one of the original mothers. Well, Zach asked me, you asked me, you asked me, what do you think I am? You did ask. I I didn't ask you to ask. You were like, you'd gotten some indication of something and you're like, what do you think you are? I didn't. Oh, maybe I did ask that. Yeah, you did. You asked me, what, what does it say I am? And I, I was just like so nervous because <coughs> like I always have this fear when I'm channeling my ego getting in the way and it was so clear. It was like quiet for a minute. And then this image, well, no, 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 no. First it said, he knows what he is. He's hiding. Yeah. It clearly said he's holding. It was like, it was telling me he knows he, it's like a test. He knows what he is. And so I smiled and I looked at him and I was just like, you, it's saying, you know what you are. And he, he did not want to tell me. And I didn't know any of this. I don't know any of this shit. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I saw this flash on the right side of my brain. Like it was right here on the right side, my right eye and my third eye, like vision. And it was, it was, it was a green energy like being, but not like a, it was a mantis obviously, but it didn't look like a praying mantis here. It was very different. It was more hunched over and, um, it doesn't look like a praying mantis like it does here. It was very like, it was like a bigger, I don't know how to describe it, but anyway, and then all of a sudden it said it did, but it was smaller and it had this bigger body. Like, but it was like an older one or something. It was just big and like ugly, no offense. And so pretty greens, but um, (laughs) then it said, he's a mantis. And so I look at him and I just, I'm channeling at this point. It's like my heart's, I'm like, you're a mantis. And then you, your eyes got like this big. You're like, I've never told you that. Like. I had a whole bunch of synchronicities in 2018 through 2020 that were very, crazy that I I had just started getting into the so I had an experience a synchronicity with an actual mantis praying mantis right around the time I started talking to my guides like literally almost in the week there was this very because you never see praying mantis how many times have you seen a praying mantis out in the world yeah and it was like at planet fitness in this like circular circular brick structure so like just a weird random place to see a praying mantis and i just like sat with it and took a bunch of pictures and like just kind of like i don't know there's something about their energy that i've always really connected with and i just want to like be close to it kind of be with it and then but i didn't really couldn't make any connection to like that's when i was like starting to even believe in spirit guides and like communicate with blah 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 kind of doing some minor channeling 
then 2020 happened, and I had the Kundalini experience with like the plate going through like you did, and then like channeled like full on like crazy, and then I could just like ask spirit whenever I wanted to know anything, and so I went way down the full woo rabbit hole, like full on, because I would just ask, well, what about Sasquatch? What about like these aliens? What about these? And it was like always the most bizarre shit was real, you know? And then at some point I learned about the mantids slash mantis beings in some podcasts and they're pretty crazy and sort of obscure and um, it just really resonated with me and just a lot of the stories about the mantis beings were it was actually it was like kind of a piece of the whole thing that made me really believe because it was just there was something about the specificity of the role they play and you and just to clarify role. you never told me this no I never told you any of this shit yeah oh, and there's like some crazy let's you watch interview with extra dimensions yeah so like that's that's the thing like what's so crazy about this is like Zach's very, yeah, Zach's very, like, private about that stuff because we're building that trust still, and he knows... I've rarely talked about aliens with you for a long time. No, no, because he thought I didn't want to hear about it or something, and... um, Yeah, and like I knew he was, but I didn't have the same passion at that point. And so like I'm still in shock. I'm still like, holy fuck, my world's blown up. It's like another 2020 for me. I'm like, holy fuck, everything I thought I knew is 100% not what I thought I knew. But anyway, um, so it got deeper. There's a lot of details. I can't remember everything, but it started talking about his people, the Mantids, that... um, I'm trying to think. It sucks because I've read a lot of stuff after this, so I'm having to pick up like what I remember, and that's that's hard. So I remember they talked about like our people, the Palladians and the Mantids had it, yes, and had a treaty, and um, that for a while they've been going back and forth with it. It was it was to come together, and that they the the Palladians were were very much so kind of about joy and about bringing joy and happiness. And then the mantids were more about, um, uh, changing and creating things and creating worlds. And so by the way, I just have to say, um, my, my like original experience of when you had this, like my reaction to it is coming back which is just like, ladies and gentlemen, she didn't know anything about the cosmology of aliens. And there's a whole body of experiencers that have come forward to talk about these mantid beings. This is not just some crazy thing that I had happen. There's a whole bunch of experiences that talk about this race species or whatever of being. And it's, there's no way she could have known a lot of this stuff. No, because I think he would have already popped the question if I knew all this stuff. And <laughs> and I was secretly holding back that I was obsessed with ETs and following intellectuals on podcasts. He'd been like, oh my God, my dream girl. <laughs> I never told her that I secretly thought I was a hybrid mantis being. I never mentioned this to her. So when she tells me this, I am like kind of freaking out because she has, it's a confirmation 
of something that I was really kind of deeply suspicious of and ashamed of in a way that I thought that I was this mantis being, that I had all these synchronicities that happened when I was sort of in the beginning of my awakening. And imagine how that feels. Like uh, we talk about the island of your own. Imagine having all these woo downloads about yourself that you can't just go out in the public today and talk about with anyone without some kind of shame aspect or that look where it's like, oh, that's cool. Because I definitely got that after I started telling everybody I knew about this because I just don't hold back. I'm like a kid. I got the looks. And so like you finally get all this stuff confirmed. It had to feel like. Well, it's validation. Yeah. And at the very least, she's like reading my energy. But I really felt like, because I know she, you are psychic. And pretty powerfully psychic. So, I mean, I guess the interpretation could be she was just like reading things that were, were in you my mind. You didn't know about that. Did, were you thinking I was a Pleiadian? No. So that's the part that wouldn't add up with that. And she knew all kinds of stuff about the Pleiadians and she hadn't the done the deep dive. The mother and all that stuff. She hadn't done the deep dive, folks. This was all just taking psychedelics. Microdosing. And fucking getting all this. All right, going back in. It butt heads a little bit with the Pleiadians because it's just like they had such. In, in, in abductions and experiencer cases, mantis beings. Yeah, in the background. Managerial roles, they're like the ones that like everyone's listening to. Right, and the Pleiadians are kind of like uh, a little bit like it's a little bit of a buzzkill, maybe. Like, so I don't know. It was just kind of a, like there was a little bit of a friction. Well, it was like a friction because they're so opposite. Like. Well, it was basically giving me all these downloads about my personality and how I don't need to change anything about myself. Like these were attributes of the people and that man, Zach, would, it was just describing basically how our relationship's been. It's been the relationship between the two different types of ETs. It was describing they were very opposite with their missions, but they were all working together for kind of the same thing. And there was a peace treaty. They came together. The Galactic Federation kind of finally got them to come together to man to come down here and incarnate and come together to work together because the um, I'm remembering now the Mantids needed the balance and so did the Pleiadians. It's like they needed each other to kind of balance out. Um, and the Pleiadians were going to be like that, like in my situation, the inspiration that fueled the tank for him to be able to handle it here and do what he needed to do. Um, and he would kind of ground me from floating off to the sky and never getting anything done. And so it was like this treaty type deal where we needed each other. And um, it was giving me advice that we need to stop trying to change each other because that's part of the, the reason these groups probably didn't get along is they kept trying to like, it, it's like it was, they're so different. So they really had to work together and honor. And they were, it was just giving me this instant download of our romantic relationship of needing to honor that he as this manted being really had to be the way, like this cynic, cynic, being cynical and um, finding, oh, it said that they they kind of find problems in the world that need to be fixed to bring unity and that things to create new things, the mantis beings. And so that's something I always kind of got felt in my mind. I was like, I didn't understand because Palladians aren't about that. They're about 
more about not finding problems, more about just bringing smiles and, but not just that, not just surface level. It's just too much to go into. It's a lot of shit. And um, so we kept trying to change each other because they're about good vibes. And um, they're also uh, about help. They, they're like, they are, they are um, what's the A word? They are ambassadors for new aliens coming here to the planet that have never been here before. Um, they help them kind of get on their feet and be able to handle the vibrations here. And it also said, oh, it made a cheeky, I don't think it was meant to be a joke. This thing was very serious. There was no joking. Um, this thing was very neutral in essence. It wasn't like us where we have ups and downs. It was, it was very much so said that um, many men, um, not human men, men wanted to do this mission with me. Uh, so that's alluding to that there was some type of contract and that they could not handle my energy here on earth, um, they wouldn't be able to handle me. So I don't know if it was like his type people or what couldn't handle it because I'm like a bull in a china shop here because my vibrations with the different vibrations of earth just aren't very conducive. So it's hard. <laughs> Is this hard for you? It is. I'm a little, a little shy right now, but yeah. it was funny because I, for, I forgot a lot about this. Like it, the part, I forgot about the part where it was talking about, um, it did say a lot of men wanted to sign up for this contract. And I don't know if it was like this romanticized thing necessarily, but they were trying to match those polar energies. And it did say that they couldn't handle my energy. So I actually took it. It wasn't a put down. I it, can confirm. Yeah. I'm a lot. <laughs> That's what was making me laugh. In the best way. <laughs> We're both intense. Yeah. And so, In different ways. Yeah. 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 And I think like it's weird because our cortisol's always going off like with our intense energies. But it's weird because I understand you more. Like it's on some level, like the world would say this is wrong and not healthy. And it feels that way a lot of the time, but at the same time, it feels familiar Yeah. in the chaos. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think we have six yeah. minutes left. Do you want to try to plow through? Yeah. Hard and um, males wouldn't be able to handle me. So they paired me up with Zach and he was a unique energy that would be able to handle, we'd be able to handle each other. And he is also a older version of their people. He'd been around, he's very high up. Um, he's like a grandfather. I just sensed it. It didn't say this, I just sensed it. He was like a, like a very high up. So was I. So we had to kind of match each other in that. Um, not in an ego way, but it was, it was pretty powerful. It was constant downloads and I, I could not turn it off at one point. And I'll try to write down and remember other things as it comes up. Uh, Is there it just kept flowing out of me. Like it was just describing, it was showing me the galaxy and like all these Fucking! It, it was showing me the lizard people. Like they weren't bad. They just had low resources. They they had limited resources and they were scared. So they were trying to use control and power to like here on Earth and also known as the reptilians to some. <laughs> <laughs> 
slash Dracos uh, in the in the ufology world, but back in. Um, they're not like bad reptilians. Um, they showed me that the greys. Um, they called he called them puppets. Um, that but they use them to do different aliens use them to do things. That's what they showed me. Different aliens would use them to do things. She didn't know anything about this. This is a repeated concept that's pretty advanced in the ufology, like only the most, like, that you were able to even pick this aspect up. It just really it confirms it for me. Are you okay? Yeah? Okay. Sorry. We're going back in. Are you uncomfortable? No. <laughs> Do you guys buy it? No, I was just, I think what it is, is like, I was trying to connect with you earlier over something sweet. And this is kind of like a relationship podcast. And you were just like, we got six minutes left. Let's hit the play button. And it's just like, for me, every, no, it's okay. I don't think you do it on purpose. It's just, I can't connect with you a lot of times. And it's, I, I have like a moment and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. It's hard. I'm very sensitive. It's probably hard to be with me. It's like, I don't know. It just felt kind of icky, but it's cool. I'm sorry. I think no, like part I didn't of ha- what's going on, I should just say, there is a, a background that we sort of broached in our last podcast that sort of keeps coming up. And there's a dynamic between Brittany and I that we're trying to break the cycle of. And... I think we're doing a great job, but it still sort of persists at times. And right now in particular, during this Mercury retrograde, I am very, uh, like offline sometimes. And I will say, I think I was just trying to get through the rest of this because my energy feels low. And I think part of me is like, I'm just like battling like through. Yeah, I get it. I, you know do, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, and I do know that like after, we, after this, I really want to talk about us and how this connects to us if possible. Um, but I apologize for. No, it's okay. I hope we can edit this out. <laughs> I think it's kind of a good moment in a way though, too. I mean, it's a vulnerable moment. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry though that, it's you cool. were trying to connect and you felt shut down. No, it's fine. All right. Back in. Crazy? You didn't know shit. About I don't like, know. All this mythology. No, I am I am like, like I do know this stuff, so I could confirm this shit as it came in. That he was confirming it the whole time. And I'm in shock. I don't even believe the shit coming out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I can't even believe the shit coming out of my mouth, but, but I believed it. That's what it was, I was in shock. I was literally experiencing shock as it was coming out because I was like, holy fuck. Like, um, what world do we live in? But it was... That's what it's like when, when, you, when you have your alien coming 
Yeah, so, so, like, I'll try to remember other details, but once he finally went to bed, we were all excited, and it was like, okay, now I'm into this. So, um, I'm sitting on the couch, and he's like, are you coming down from channeling? He was kind of worried about me, because one time, it was hard for me, my heart would start racing with David Bowie, and... Oh, yes, it said that David Bowie was a mantis being. Uh, that was one thing. And, um, yeah. It, I love crazy yeah, even a psychic said me and him are way out there. So if that says anything. Um, yeah, so then as I'm laying on the couch, he finally goes, he, he goes to bed. And I'm laying on the couch and my heart's racing. I'm so geeked up. I, my eyes even kind of twitching. I'm just so geeked up and high from the high vibration of this thing's energy channeling through me. You were saying something about how like the grays, okay, tell this thing, I'm gonna... Yeah, so I'm laying on the couch and all of a sudden I feel a tingling in the front of my frontal lobe. It was like a, a tingling feeling. I was like, now what the fuck's gonna happen? You know? And I'm laying on the couch and I feel down my spinal cord, a warm sensation all the way down to my tailbone up and down like a slow massage and they they told me it was like multiples of them at this point i believe it was like we're healing you and then it went to my brain and i'd feel tingles we're healing your chakras no they couldn't before now because my vibration they couldn't be around me because my vibration was not high enough to be conducive for them to do their work Yeah, um, I think that, yeah, definitely that. One of the things, you know? Yeah, and my control stuff. Um, but that's this whole thing we went through this past month has a lot to do with the breakthrough so that I could get to this point. Anger, I've always been told in spirituality, anger is the breakthrough to the next level of evolution. If you anger, it's like stages of grief are very similar to the stages yeah. of enlightenment. Anger is a beautiful hard stage that right after it is an amazing evolution um and so like i'm still not there yet but i guess i'm there yet enough that that thing talked to me and um i also was glowing i'm sure that has something to do with it but it was um it was a crazy experience and um it, it says stuff about atlantis we were in atlantis um, there was mention of that. It was just talking about like my mission here on earth is not to worry so much about what I'm going out to do. It's just about don't ever stop going against what you're about. It's not about focusing on bad things ever. It's things that don't bring me joy will hurt me. They physically hurt my body because my people are not about that. It is literally about finding joy in everything you can. And also with people who are going through hard times, raising up their vibration quickly. It's just raising vibrations everywhere you go. And that eventually you'll evolve to a place where your, your energy is so healing that people come around you and it's just like healing, healing. But Zach... It gave me a lot of um, insight into him. I just understood so much about him because everything that I've probably been trying to change about him or he'd been trying to change about me, it was just part of our nature. But he was supposed to, they said it be a grounding force and me being kind of floaty. And um, so it was pretty cool. I love it. Good work. And we're back in.
That's it. Yay. You made it. So what is um what's your what's your takeaway right now regarding how this applies to us and our relationship? Being that this is a relationship podcast and we're entitling this episode Alien Love. <laughs> Well, like, first of all, it's, it's kind of sucks because they never, like, I've been wa- wondering if they were ever going to come back. And, like, I feel intuitively, like, the viewers, like, thinking about that right now. Like, did they ever come back? No. They haven't. I don't know why. And weird. It's weird. I've, like, tried to tap in, and when it happened, I wasn't trying, so it's, like, a really weird thing. But I could tap into other people's fucking aliens. What happened to mine? No, I'm joking. I'm the last... <laughs> The last psilocybin journey, you did have a moment that connected back to this. And I think it felt different, but... Oh, yeah. Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Do you want yeah. to describe? So, um, I finally went on a bigger trip, bigger than microdosing. It was the biggest one I've ever been on. Um, it, it was... I don't know what you would call it. I'm new to this world. I mean, it was a threshold dose. She She really actually the other ones were more microdoses subtle or energetic shifts but she was like seeing geometric shit and went places and kind of talked like met her guides which was crazy yeah, i met my guides like i saw them i was like hey guys oh there you are little buddies and then like david bowie took me oh, on this yeah. like, crazy mat energetic magic carpet ride what did he look like he had a, um, it was like a dark, was it a lion or a cat mask? Cat mask, like, I think But it was said. dark and it was kind of stoic and it was very unlike him, what I had experienced, but it was, it was crazy because he swooped in all, I was just thinking, I wonder what it would be like to think of David Bowie and like I was trying to control the experience and all of a sudden it was like he came in harder than ever and just took me on this ride. Kind of a magic carpet ride of yeah. sorts in a way. I could show you the world. Let's dance. Um, so it was cool. But anyway, um, it, towards the end of the trip, I saw like geometric mantid heads in this like circle. It was really pretty. And then in the middle was like a Palladian and it was like all fractally and like geometric. Kind of being out. birthed by the... Yeah. Prism of mantids. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, it was like the Pleiadian was in the inner circle being birthed by all these little mantid heads. Didn't you feel like you were possibly a hybrid of mantids? Yeah. Yeah. At that time it felt like those were like my parents or part of me or something. I don't remember. I just remember I was like, I just understood it because I was a part of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like when you're in it, you're like, yeah. everything's one. Yeah. But no, I felt like I was like a hybrid of all those things. But for all I know, it could be just like the way it is. It's showing the different layers of evolution. Mm. I don't know. I don't. Or know. just archetypes. It could be an interaction with Jung's archetypal world, the collective unconscious. Could be I have a little mantid in me now and changed everything up. So... <laughs> How, I mean, this seems to have incredibly uh, important 
implications for us, for our relationship, even if this weren't true, because I think it's when you, when you have these kinds of experiences, it's easy to doubt yourself and wonder if any of it's true. So even if it weren't true, there seemed to be such um, parallels. Yeah, parallels and implications about our relationship, and I think that's what I sort of wanted to talk about. Is that? Yeah, no, I mean, definitely like in regards, if you guys have known, if you could follow us around like Jiminy Cricket on our shoulder, but not give us advice would be nice. And so if you follow us around, you would see like that, you know, Zach's very different than me and different than I when it comes to when we met music and his motivation for everything was very colorful and deep and everything had meaning and color and I'm kind of scattered all over the place. I'm like at Sam's on Saturday afternoon, pasting all the different brands of samples. And I didn't spend time- you make it look good. <laughs> Thank you. And so it, it just fit and I really, cause we would butt heads over music tastes and all these different things. It was constantly trying to change each other. Like this is the right way. No, no, yeah. no, no, this is the right way. And- Which we still kind of, struggle with at times, these sort of control issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do feel like the archetype of the mantis does really resonate with me. And thinking about you as a Pleiadian is really kind of incredible and gave me new insight about you being kind of like the love and light, nurturing mother, um, and just kind of all the beauty of like your connective tendencies with, you know, human beings and helping, you know, oftentimes young women in your chair in the salon and just like all that stuff seemed so Pleiadian. Like I knew sort of about the, the Pleiadians um, and, you know, experiencer, UFO, UFO experiencer circles. Like, you know, I just went, like I said, I did the deep dive in 2020 and um, there's just like a lot of podcasts that talk about the Pleiadians and, and, um, you just seem like a Palladian, babe. Thanks. It's good. Okay. It's good. It's sexy. Sure. Okay. Like a sexy Pleiadian. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We may have to um, role play with that later. <laughs> and but... the mantis beings are oftentimes, I mentioned it in that super high-pitched voice on the recording, but like oftentimes come up in abduction experiences or experiencer experiences yeah. as like the managers. They're kind of orchestrating things or they have grays with them that they're sort of like having do kind of like they're bidding and but they're the ones sort of usually like creating things in control that interviews with extra dimensionals that we watched yeah with the uh, people who I was gonna say um, kind of channel the, the mantis beings um, but they interestingly have they're very playful too and oftentimes connected with music so there's this interesting dichotomy in the mantis beings. It's very complex that it just resonates with me on so many levels and makes sense for David Bowie too, that he would be a mantis being. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And you should see how Zach's lighting up. Like it's, it's really, you know, I think it's hard in this world from my understanding with what I know now about mantids, um, it can feel very lonely 
you're dealing with a very high vibrational being and if you're dealing with hybrids here whether they are or they're not in the you know they've inc incarnated in these bodies they're rather new here from my understanding and Pelidians have been here since the get-go and so it's harder for them to fit in and understand and they're looking i would think if you're a manta incarnate you may not fit in very well with people people's dialect the way they talk it could seem very harsh and these are things i've heard zach say for a while it's just very it feels like you're an alien here and i would think that would be a feeling of someone possibly if this is all true um th this would fit that and so Pelidians, I just resonate so strongly with them and his story, Zach's story, you know, if you see his face like really connecting to this, cause it's like, okay, I'm not messed up. Yeah. Okay. I'm not broken. Yeah. This is just new here. I've always felt like an outsider and I've had various explanations through the years, like maybe I have Asperger's or maybe this, maybe that. I'm definitely always been a misfit and like, I'm just sort of acting here and playing different characters. Um, and so just the story of the Mantids and how they're much more kind of hive beings, collective hive beings that sort of, again, have world kind of creation roles um, and like, you know, have these complex personalities that are also playful and like to dance apparently. And, uh, thank God I love to dance. Big fan of the dancing, but there's just the complexity of that archetype. Um, and the synchronicity that I had with that actual mantis, uh, praying mantis, um, right when I was sort of waking up and you know, listening to the Paul Selig channels. Like mother? Yeah, <laughs> right. Are you my mom? Yeah, I mean, and I, and my whole feeling is that the, the universe is fractal. And so if there is an actual praying mantis here, they're sort of connected to the collective energy of mantis beings. Yeah. Like a smaller fractal relationship. And this is kind of talked about sometimes that when people communicate with actual mantids, they have synchronicities with um, praying mantises. So that was a very confirming experience for me. And I don't know. And again, maybe none of this shit's real. Who knows? What if nothing's would, in the quantum field? Like if I hate the term real, like in, in yeah. the close inner circles, the world, the word real just doesn't exist. Like it, it does and it doesn't like and it, apparently in quantum physics, you know, we deal with um, you know, the, the quantum field, everything exists and nothing's real. Everything's real. Anything can be, everything could be, would be, is. And so like, you're not real. Mm. I'm not real. Mm. Or you are I real and this. I'm real. The mantids aren't real. Everything's, I love this. if it's in your imagination, folks, it's real. And I know you got some dark shit there. Guess what? The this. boogeyman's real. I love this multi-world world theory of kind of like multiple timelines and that kind of like all of everything that you can imagine is real on some timeline. And um, there's just a lot of ways you can go with this, but you know, what if some of these beings are us in some 
and various future timelines coming back to communicate with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Future, like, evolved, highly evolved beings that are, like, our f- future incarnations that, like, are outside of time, experience sort of higher vibration, kind of, like, can go back through to any time. Yeah, I remember asking it, though, because I'm like, okay, it's, I'll even with my tarot cards be like, okay, none of this higher self bullshit. We're talking about 3D shit here, okay? We're going to use 3D language. You'll say, I am you. The thing was like, I am you, or you're one of us. And I'm like, okay, what shit are, are we talking about? Like 5D, yeah. we're all one, right. you know, or am I, and it was like, you're part of our family, you're our species, it's whatever. It's more literal. It was more literal speaking to my yeah. language here in the 3D. And it's it was speaking the same for Zach. And I'm embarrassed to say it, but I tend to lean to, and of course, none of us know that a lot of this stuff really is literally going on. Yes. In yeah. the 3D, it has manifested, folks. Yeah. And I, th- I believe a lot of this, um, I know we have to loop back to relationships, but a lot of this is manifesting to where we could see it because the vibration, and this is what I'm feeling, is the vibration Earth is raising is therefore the dimensions are able to peek through they from what they were showing me we weren't allowed to get through with your vibration so earth gaia is raising so now dimensions are they were always here we're now able to perceive things that were always here yes overlapping so let's go back to people aren't seeing the stuff about aliens it wasn't showing up or ets and all of a sudden it is i think you like you're saying certain people could see it and certain people didn't and right. we've talked about this. Right at a time when so many people in the Wu community, in various even religions, have talked about this time uh, as a time where we're going through the great transformation, the awakening, and dun, dun, dun. raising our vibrations. And now this alien shit kind of comes to light. Like, yeah. in a real credible way that even our most credible news sources can't ignore and the government's coming out and saying, yes, this has been something that we've been sort of keeping, you know, under, yeah. under wraps. Yeah. And it's like, and I like, I think we'll use the term in our, you know, Zach and I's house of higher beings. That's what we like. Cause we're all beings. We're human beings, higher beings, bleeding beings, not just being mantid beings. Like, Everything is a being. Yeah. We are consciousness being yeah. a verb and yes. noun doing things. And so they are no different than us. They're just higher vibrating. They're not better than us. They're just vibrating at a different frequency. Yeah. So it's not like, I, I think even our knowledge of, uh, should we be threatened by these? That could be something that someone knew it. this would be thinking. Is there something to worry about by uh, the reptilians or uh, we get into the Orions that are more service to self. We can go into that later maybe, but. The raw teachings, I love it. Oh, but no, I'm just saying, is there anything to worry about guys? Is this Independence Day and we need to go find Will Smith's phone number? Um, it depends on what we align to. Yeah, I mean, t- yeah. Potentially. At least. Yeah, that's no fun. Come on. <laughs> what timeline do we want to pull? You know? Can, can we switch? Shit's weird. Can yeah. We, can we switch? Maybe like, can we do can multiple we do, timelines if you're high enough? We can hop. Yeah. We can go, okay, they're about to destroy Let's the Let's try earth. this one. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but what I learned from this, though, because I'm very relationship focused, my passion Let's is. Let's bring it back. Rain it in. 
Yeah, as a Palladian, I'm just going to go ahead and take on this role. I, even when I channel and I do tarot or anything, there's some channelers and some psychics that focus on your higher self is saying this for you. That's never been where I've ever been guided with Mm. my abilities. It's always been a human psyche Mm. in the 3D Mm. right now. Mm. I can relate to you as you still identify you as your ego. Mm. And that's where I've been channeling. And so the Palladians work with humans and they work with the human psyche. And that's my passion. I love it. But I'm funneling in guidance as needed to human beings. And so, whereas I think mantids are more up with the higher selves having a beer. You know, I'm just joking. I don't Collective, know. Collective, <laughs> like structurally kind of trying to like corral. Yeah. I heard they destroy universes too when I was channeling. Interesting. Well, I think there are dark, probably, you know, any high being must have a shadow. No, I don't think it's bad though. I think it's like we see death so... And destruction is bad. We, we see things as bad yeah. and death is bad. Yeah. Higher beings don't, I don't think they're... They they just get it. They remember shit. They remember, okay, I gotta do this again. Cool. And like maybe destruction isn't destruction. It's just like playing with clay. Well, look at a garden. It's infinite. We row up a garden yeah. to plant a new one mm. because the soil is bad or what. I think if you're a being that like recognizes infinite spirit, then might actually just not be bad if it's if it's you know there there's no just such thing as death and you know it. it sounds like an Orion concept <laughs> that's how they justify no I'm kidding <laughs> I'm just playing I'm I'm really kidding but so like in regards to control I think that was the biggest mm-hmm. lesson with Zach and I and we kept trying to control each other and there was some kind of treaty. That's why we... I love that we are talking about the Galactic Federation. The Galactic Federation, ladies and gentlemen. episode three. Getting (laughs) real fucking weird. Right out of the gates. Yeah, I've heard of that. This is something I will admit I have heard of the Galactic Federation, and it was a friend of mine using it in not in the nicest way, kind Mm -hmm. of joking around. Mm And I, did, I didn't have a ball in the game, mm-hmm. um, but I, I got information about them. And it was it was very interesting because there was a peace treaty amongst these two individual beings. So when the Mantids came here, the Palladians were helping them. It's not that the Mantids weren't these higher beings, but here on Earth in this, let's call it the hell realm, that's not how I've ever viewed it. But for them, it probably is like that. So for the Palladians, we've acclimated and we just love humans and we love we know how to make joy out of hell well it sounds like you guys have been here for longer yeah we have and fixtures so, here right and so we don't see it as much as a hell realm we're kind of sick in the head we kind of like the hell and that seems about right so that sounds right to me yeah yeah i like the pain so it's like we're supposed to be as guides to the energy so you can create and change the world. It's like, welcome to earth guys. This is sex. It feels good. Yes. It's ego. Yes. It's, it's a little bit, oh, dumb. Dear. you know, Are we like, gonna get into this? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying like all the things that seem trivial Yeah. because you still have an essence of this higher thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the, mm-hmm. the lower vibrations a little bit. Like this is part of what's going to inspire and fuel you while you still have a brain attached to your head. And she really serves this purpose in my life. That's the craziest thing. She's saying things that like we can see manifest in a relationship before this download. Yeah. 
right? Like this dynamic. We argued over a lot of these things because it would be like, it was, we both were right. Mm -hmm. There was nothing wrong here. I was about the enjoyment and the experience here because if you don't do that, you're gonna be miserable here. Mm -hmm. And then- this is the kind of stuff that I learned from Brittany, even though like, I resist and I'm taken kind of kicking and screaming every time. But this is the thing that's being shown to me most powerfully, I think, through you is just this idea of being present and enjoying and that the human experience is okay. It's not scary. It's not dangerous. It's it's like just love it. And sometimes it's hard for me. No, but he's, and and what I'm learning from this archetype or Mm, real being mantis, I I don't know, but what I'm learning is humility, um, embracing a hive type mentality. Ooh, she physically cringed. Like, I enjoy playing in the realm of the ego. Mm-hmm. I enjoy like this last trip taught me that there is a pleasure in um, separation. And I think you have to come to acceptance within yourself that there is a pleasure, but there's also hell in that and mm-hmm. destruction and so many things. And like, but what I'm learning from Zach is seeing the bigger picture and things. I can't help. I live in the present moment and mm-hmm. I'm a, a butterfly in that way. Like I just, I'm like, ah, oh, love experience, happiness, joy, let's do this. But, and I'm a curmudgeon mantis hipster. Fuck. No, no, but he brings structure and he brings strategy and plans. And I used to think like, I think- You were highly uh, suspicious. We both, yeah, we both sus. Sus as fuck. Sus. We're sus, we gotta get with it. Don't be a Karen. Um, But I'm just saying like, even if I don't listen to anything you say. (laughs) Which happens. Often and same. So no, sure. I mean no. I'm I'm so worse. Like obviously. Guys. I don't know. But, We're both. But bad there's enough. what do you call it, the cellular thing? It's not gene. Oh, you're talking about epigenetics. So you're like about uh, over time being around someone, mirror mirroring. Oh, mirror neurons. So I've noticed being around you, I'm picking up a lot of good habits that I didn't have that are- So we're coming out of woo for a second, you guys. This is a scientifically proven uh, thing, basically, that that people have mirror neurons, they're called. And a lot of people think that this is what empathy comes from, but it's essentially how we learn behavior, apparently, which is that like, you know, when we were monk, you know, like apes or cave, then cavemen, like when someone, you know, built a fire, and the kid was like right there. They're like mirroring, uh, without even knowing it, they're mirroring the behavior in their mind by observing it. And they're like learning, they're like downloading, like their mirror neurons just automatically do it. And it's kind of like one of the theories about why behavior is contagious and how sort of empathy is facilitated. Exactly, so take that concept, and I know we gotta wrap it up soon, but we'll take that concept and we listened to the guidance from that download, which was, I don't need to change you. Mm. You do your thing, I do my thing. Then we bring them And we're very different, and we have very different um, purposes here on this planet. Um, and they're both beautiful, and they're not at odds necessarily. They don't have it to. seems like it. Right, and what, do, yeah, no. And what I was saying is like, if I just let you be you, and I let go to that, and you let me be me, 
and, and stop trying to change me and vice versa, whatever we're not blocking mm-hmm. that we actually are observing, mm-hmm. we will start picking it up and balancing naturally without having to try. Mm, and that was a download I got. mirror neurons. Right. And I got that download uh, a little while back that I don't need to try to like hyper-focus to learn from you and vice versa. Like we yeah. naturally are going to start. And I've noticed myself like cleaning shit. 100%. And caring and, about certain things. And me like, you know, feeling emotions. Uh, oh, he has. He's t- <laughs> like... Zach's and being more in the moment and going with the flow and loving people. No, I mean, he's great. When I tell the ladies in my chair about how he is, they're just like, you're so lucky. Really? That I'll tell. Little do they know. I don't talk bad about you to people. No, 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 no. Often. Like I just don't, I'm a (laughs) lot like you. No, I'm very, even when I'm mad, I'm very, this is where he's coming from. Most likely this is where I'm coming from. Cause I'm really looking for a solution for it to work. Yeah. I don't talk shit like other people. I want it to work. Have I done it before? Yes. But I'm meaning mostly I want it to work, but I was just saying, we don't need to control each other, or change mm-hmm. each other, just observe each other in awareness and whatever we need to pick up, we will. And over a year since we've known each other, which we're, Approaching our one-year anniversary soon, and we're celebrating it this weekend, which is going to be fun. We're going to do a podcast from um, a haunted home in Savannah, bed and breakfast. That sort of um, one of the places we're going to visit, we believe, on our tour. If we visit the old pink house, there's this old pink house. There's a there's a love story connected with that, like a ghost ghosts in love. So that's how we're going to tie the episode in, hopefully. Uh, to our theme of of different kinds of love, ghost love. This one's alien love. Next one might be ghost love. Mm. But over the year that since we've known each other, approaching our one year anniversary, I really think that even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it when we're in our toxic spirals, we really are starting along this journey of our mirror neurons um, kind of stabilizing us and, and coming into more collective brackery, as we like to call it, energy. And I, I, I do see this happening, even though it's painful for our little baby egos, our control freaks. But I do see it happening. I mean, I don't know if you agree. I do. I feel more accepting what is. I, like at first I thought, are we just like getting used to self-preservation and it's just feeling normal now? Like, or is this acceptance? And when we're not spiraling, I would say it's acceptance. Yeah. Because when I'm not spiraling with you, I admire the fuck out of you. Like what you do, the the energy you have that I don't have. so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like the things he invents and he does and how he thinks about others as he's doing it and empathy and all those things and even him speaking on this podcast earlier it wasn't him trying to control me that's that's the thing I used to think what it is with Zach is from from what I'm learning and this is the new stuff I'm picking up is like he's fucking excited and the man's a genius I'm gonna say I know it makes you cringe he's smart and his thank you I know no I'm kidding I'm kidding no but genius in your own right you're (laughs) a Pleiadian genius Thank you. But I was just saying mm-hmm. that 
his mind moves so fast and so it's like you get excited about something you think about like you're just like oh wait, wait, wait. no so it's not it, I think I cringe because it does feel when I hear that like a little bit of a little boy energy like on Christmas like, oh, 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 talk about this let's talk hey Brit, don't forget this da, da, da. like how about this how about this and, but isn't that the problem with growing up yeah we're trying to get back there. Even Christ yeah. said, be like the children. Look at the children. Like Did he say that? Yes. Like what that was a fucking... Of, be like, yeah. Go, JC. JC. Come on. Who's in the house? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's true. We we look at these kids. They're in the moment. They're, the, they're just little feral, rude motherfuckers, but they're, you know... Real. They're, they're real. The they're Zoomers, authentic. The new... And the Zoomers and the Alpha... Mm-hmm. The alpha generation, I do feel like there's something where they're less, they're less... Considerate. No, <laughs> no I was going to say something positive. <laughs> oh, boy. They just don't give a shit in a good yeah. way, I think, but sometimes in a maybe immature way, but they're not adults yet. So that's no, it. no. Well, I think I think we have are, an empathy. But I mean, the alphas aren't. This is like another episode. We have an empathy epidemic. Um, that's mm. one thing. You add you add empathy Ooh. in there. They're awesome. An empathy epidemic. Yeah. I, this could be a podcast episode. Empathy epidemic. Oh like God, I, it's a good uh, title. Yeah. Empathy epidemic. I, I can like roll. it. Yeah. But this was fun. This was fun, and I think we're gonna do our um, outro. And, uh, you know, we're going to cue the music. Oh, yeah. We're going to do it uh, OG live style. Um, basically, come follow us on all the places. Uh, epicloveweddingfilms.com. Epicloveweddingfilms on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And... Epic Love Wedding Hair and Makeup on Facebook and Instagram as well. All the places. All the places. And we're going to be having a YouTube channel and um, other things coming if you stay tuned. We have a... um we have a newsletter that we just started so people can kind of keep up with our stories as we, you know, maybe do some more vanilla shit uh, with, not in a bad way. I'm not sneering, but like Sorry, we're going to be interviewing, we're going to be interviewing couples, our couples, because we do work in the wedding industry. And we're going to be work, interviewing wedding professionals, all kinds of stuff um, that uh, hopefully we're going to still get a little weird and uh, allow people to be themselves and kind of tell love stories in different ways. But but uh, it's not always going to be this weird. Mm. Maybe we can't help it. I'll bring it out. And everybody's got a little weird. So thank you for listening. And, um, you know, join us next time. Thank you so much for being here. This was great. I think outros are a little awkward. Yeah, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with what I'm saying, but uh, I'm trying to just Drop go. the mic. Fuck yeah. Little by little you